the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. All right, this episode of the College Planning Edge podcast was originally broadcast as College Talk Tuesday in November uh, 2020. We just came off of a very, very busy financial aid, uh, financial aid application season, FAFSAs and CSS profiles, etc., that were due November 1st and November 15th, as well as college applications and essays that were due then also for early action and early decision. So you might pick up the slight scintilla of a smidge of a hint of an edge in uh, my and Pearl's demeanor, but hopefully you can get past that and get a lot of value out of this podcast episode and enjoy it. And if you want more information, absolutely check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Lockwood College Prep, which is where we broadcast College Talk Tuesday every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern, or our website, lockwoodcollegeprep.com. Enjoy. Good morning. Welcome to College Talk Tuesday. I'm Andy Lockwood. With me, my faithful companion, Pearl. Hi, Andy. Hi, everybody. Peloton Pearl Lockwood. Coming off of a grueling, but not as quite as frantic as last year, uh, early financial aid deadline season. So... Today we're going to talk a little bit about hmm. what went wrong and what went right with all the filings that Pearl did between uh, November first and well, leading Way up until then. yeah, starting in October, leading up through November fifteenth. Um, how many did you do? Did you figure this out? Um, I know you were keeping like track at some point, close to two hundred for sure. Yeah, so Pearl's basically been working like a farm animal. Yeah. Uh, to file financial aid applications. And I thought it would be good to kind of do a post-mortem. Uh, we're not done with the season, but we're done with the peak period. And um, give you guys a little bit of advice based on Pearl's experiences so you can benefit from that. And if you end up filing your financial aid forms yourself or um, you, you choose to tackle things some other way, uh, maybe this will be instructive and, and helpful. So if you're just joining us, <laughs> say hi in the comments. Um, if you are enjoying a morning beverage, as I am, please please do a simultaneous sip with me. Three, two, one. Every time you do that, it's like a shot. It's like you're doing an air chug. It's I know. like you're doing, you know, like a Jägermeister. Well, as long as I'm imagining, right? I could imagine anything. Yeah, big drinker, big drinker, my little lady here. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, so let's see who's joining us this morning. Uh, hello to Michelle ba uh, Baum and Paul Becht and Laurie Sado and Carmen Bissell and Will Davidson, and Chuck Harris, and Christine Picano. Good morning. Who was part of the team here yep. at Lockwood College Prep and felt the brunt of busy season. Um, you know, not quite to the extent that Pearl did, but uh, we all we all felt it. So, Christine was very helpful as always. Yeah. So um, let's talk about, uh, I guess there's a few things. There's, there's stuff that um, parents, you know, did uh, that I think we could coach them to behave a little bit differently mm -hmm. on. Um, yeah. 
Then there were some sort of technical snafus, like always, that threw you for a loop, at least temporarily. Sort of, right. Um, and there's probably some other stuff that we can talk about. So why, why don't we start with the easy stuff? Why don't we talk about um, some of the website outages that you experienced? Almost ironically, I mean, really, with the amount of preparation and time and rollout and discussion and anticipation of the release of these forms and you know you think education access perhaps like the best and the brightest they have this organization these really, organizations that put them out you really no think i that? don't really think that but you would, about no the, i'm just talking yeah the companies the, that that the department of education are and the bureaucratic college, and the college board yes are bureaucratic yes, people yes. and the college board billion, billion dollar a year college board nonprofit company yes okay <laughs> not profit. Yeah. They're not. Okay. Whatever. All right. Continue. Um, the outages that just for hours on the due dates. Thankfully, I would not really, hopefully, with, with as much as I can have something to do with it, not wait till the day of something is due to attempt to file something because I know you're probably thinking, it's not really going to be down the day of a deadline, right? I mean, they're not really going to be that stupid and foolish and unable to have a major outage of these one of these two sites on the due date. And if it were to happen, like maybe it would happen for like a half hour, not not like from 5 a.m. till 1 p.m. on on a Sunday that everything is due but honestly that's what happens this past the sunday the 15th sunday the 15th sunday the first any major deadline just chunks of outages or the css profile for two full weekend days i understand things weekends and weekdays get confused these days with covid schedule but they, they um blend. they blend but in any event just you know hearkening back to old times when Saturday, Sunday might be the time that a family might work on these things. The uh, college board in its infinite wisdom took a purposeful outage for two full days of a weekend before every, you know, many, many schools have their priority deadlines. The thinking makes me wonder. Yeah. So that's kind of nuts. Um, I mean, so, so, so the takeaway, so, <laughs> so first of all, uh, hello to real Lizzie and Karen and Sid and Michelle Greenleaf, guidance counselor at Greenleaf. <laughs> um, GG. so, so Paul, uh, Paul Beck is on this, uh, on this call. He's a CPA. This would be like if the IRS website went down on April 15th yep. and, and it happens multiple times. So the takeaway is uh, really the same takeaway we've been saying for years, but exacerbated by coronavirus. You have to expect the unexpected, that black swan moment. So right. if you leave anything until the last minute, and I'm going to broaden that. So um, so I right now also. right now we're focusing on. Um, you don't have to raise your hand. You can, <laughs> okay. Are you, <laughs> do you want to be called on? Are you like back in school, or or are you doing some Wishful sort of thinking. greeting? No greeting. Not like that anyway. How? That's racist. I can't say that. So um, Why? If, you, if you leave, <laughs> if you lead things till the <laughs> last minute, um, you're asking for trouble. And some kids who I will not be calling out right now um, emailed us on the 15th at like 6 p.m. or 8 p.m. Hey, can you take a quick look at my essay? It's due in, uh, in a couple hours. Of course, I didn't read those emails, so it didn't really help them then. There were also several drafts into it, so 
I don't feel that bad about it. But same thing with the financial aid applications is that you never know when, when that black swan moment is going to happen. Same thing with SATs and ACTs. You need to sign up probably earlier than you think and for more, more testing sessions, opportunities yeah. than you think. Yes. Because you never know what's going to happen. It could be coronavirus. It could just be the proctor doesn't show up at, a, the, same at a test. the same casualty. Or they lose all the score exactly. or all the tests. Yeah. Or the marching band is practicing outside your window when you're taking the test. These are all these are all things that actually happened yeah. um, in the last few years. So you just don't leave anything to the last minute. If you're watching this and you have someone who's a junior or a sophomore, uh, one question I get a lot is when's the best time to start uh, you know, preparing for college? And on one hand, my flippant answer is in utero, of course. Um, on the other hand, the real answer is, is really, it depends on when the, you're going to take the advice because there's a strong argument for starting in middle school or ninth grade because you're creating this body of work that's going to be ultimately evaluated and summarized and judged um, when, when you apply to college in senior year. Uh, the counterpoint is that most kids aren't ready to be coached that early. And it's just a waste of money um, if you're hiring someone like us because we're not, you know, we're not cheap. So getting back to the financial aid stuff, I think um, besides waiting to the last minute, I think another thing that you experience every year, but including this year, you know, what I'm going to say. I mean, I could take. What a am I going to say? Stab at it. Maybe some people losing the forest for the trees. Yes. You were. Yeah. I knew it. See. Way to go. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> We didn't discuss this beforehand. This was legit. No, but we discuss it every day. So it's, yeah. not, it's not that crazy. Right. Uh, so getting oh. bogged down in, in minutia. That won't matter. And, and delaying. So you had a couple of people who dragged out the back and forth and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until literally my the, head the due date. Off. The due date. So my head popped yeah. off. Let me see one more draft. Uh, no. And they're correcting no. they're correcting information that they previously given. Oh no no. And often about like speculative time, a time period in the future, not one that exists, not not one that anybody is holding them to. It is simply an estimate sometimes when we're projecting what 2021 income is going to look like. We all know we haven't lived through 2021 yet. It's okay. Nobody is trying to pretend something that isn't. <laughs> so, so let's give you a little bit more explanation on that because I think that's confusing to to a lot of people who are <laughs> filling out the financial aid form. So, thirty thousand foot view here, um, first of, or or perhaps the view from the new Falcon rocket ship that the that SpaceX just uh, successfully launched the other night. That could, maybe that could be my new analogy. So, um, if you're looking down from Fal the Falcon rocket ship. Sponsored by Tesla, mm -hmm. uh, you know. I, I think I think one of the things to to understand is that the financial aid process is very much about what happened two years ago in terms of your, of your income, what's currently happening in terms of how much you have saved. And that's the FAFSA. That's the main financial aid form that every college takes. And then there are about four hundred additional schools, uh, four schools that require an additional form called the CSS profile. This is the simplified view. I'm not, you know, we only, we only have a few minutes this morning. Um, that form, the CSS profile is about twice as long and 10 times as complicated as the, as the FAFSA. And it asks a lot of similar questions, but in more detail. And then it goes on to ask you to speculate. What do you think you're going to make for income next year? In, in this case, this is uh, 2021. Right. 
So what you're referring to is probably more than one client yes. uh, who was like, well, I think I'm going to make this. Okay, and then you would, you would send them the draft review. No, you know what? On second thought, I think it's going to be this. I think it's going to be 175000 yeah, yeah, next year. Right. Um, okay, new draft. <laughs> oh, actually, I think it could be like 195 next right. year. Right. Oh, well, <laughs> since none of that goes in the formula, let's – Let's spend more time on something that doesn't matter. Well, let's make it, I mean, so, so the, the advice should be when in doubt, make it lower, be very pessimistic about what you're going to uh, potentially make. Cause that's all it is, is, is potential, but don't drag it out. If, and, and say, well, let me see another draft. Let me see another draft. Just, you, sh you should be saying, I'll make the change. I'm finally, is that okay with you? As opposed <laughs> yeah. to, well, I want to see it one more time. Really? Well, we all have wants and needs that don't get met. Don't we? <laughs> well, <laughs> if, you, if you want to miss yeah. a deadline, um, and then and possibly be out of the running for uh, every last dollar that you should get, then, okay, we can, as long we can as you drag, get that estimate right, we right? We can drag this out you yeah. know, for, for five years if you want. I mean, I think and that's it doesn't answer. increase your kids' chances of admission the more time you spend on this minutia. You have my word, okay? Right. So the other thing, yeah, was so, that, that was, so that was just, again, that was the losing the forest through the trees. Don't get bogged down in minutia. Right. Um, so you pick up on that point. Well, your next point. my next point, sort of also with the same vein of do not be so myopic in this process that you forget that you are not going to be the only, whether it's applicant for admission or financial aid, that you are going to be viewed um, by this financial aid officer or many financial aid officers at, at, at various schools. They, you will be one in a sea of thousands of applications, be it financial aid or admissions. And for example, this year we have the um, omnipresent COVID that is affecting most people at large. And, and certainly in varying degrees, um, from inconvenience to absolute total devastation and everything in between. So while I'm not being insensitive to any particular person, family's plight, you have to be mindful of what your description of your own circumstances may appear in the sea of many other applicants and how it may or may not rub the, the, the reader a certain way. For example, you're talking about low context and perspective. Exactly. In a nutshell, if you know you're still employed, you still have your job, but you took like 10% shaving off of a very large bonus, you're still probably getting. Perhaps I would advise not to go into that hardship, even it's subjective hardship. It's um, no question, it's affecting that family. But compared to the next potential applicant who has a death in the family or a total devastation, a lost business after 23 years of a restaurant in Manhattan, for example, it's a little different. And your application, while innocently enough just describing your own circumstances, may end up um, working against you if, if, if you don't think about that context for the reader. Yeah, and that's a hard thing to do to step out of yourself, but um, because it may seem like a very sad thing to you, but I, I totally agree with what you're you're urging, which is to think about how this is going to be read, right. and that that's just an axiom. You have to know your audience, mm -hmm. whether you're applying for uh, for uh, admission, whether you're applying for financial aid, whether you're um, going on a job interview as a kid, 
whether you're in business for yourself and you're trying to um, demonstrate why you're the right you know, solution for your prospective client, whether you're talking to a spouse or someone you want to ask out on a date, all these things, or a family member, um, or if you want to date a family member, which we don't, you know, we don't really like to talk about here. Um, all these things, the, the commonality is try to understand what your audience, who your audience is and what their thoughts are. And if, if you're going to act like um, the inability to take uh, an ACT or an SAT test is the end of the world when it's really not and you actually took the test that you just don't you don't want to uh, disclose the score saw, saw a lot of that this year then um, that's really uh, that really pales in comparison to the types of truly devastating things that, that we exists. yeah that like, we have witnessed firsthand yeah. uh, this year which is um, some of it's really heart heart-wrenching and if you're an admissions officer and you're reviewing a thousand applications right. a year as opposed to a couple of hundred that we do, you know, it's that it's that times, uh, I guess, five. It's they're, they're going to uh, you don't want to get a, a elicit an eye roll response. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Because what it boils down to and this comes up in various um, scenarios in this college process is um, your exercise of judgment or the lack thereof in an essay topic, in what you choose to highlight in an essay. Uh, maybe on its face it seems silly, but if you really get deep and you are authentic, you know, that's probably fine. Whereas if you are talking about what you think are really the hot things you should be talking about and you go all like activism and whatever, but you know, it could fall flat too. So it just, a lot of things. SJWs? What? Social justice warrior, come on. Exactly, so not woke, sorry. Um, All right. So listen. Um, so those are two big, big concepts we want to talk about today. Is the is the um, advice to be proactive and do not leave things to the last minute and don't lose the forest through the trees. Those are big, uh, sort of core concepts that we that we always come back to one way, shape, or form. If you have any questions, pop them in here. Uh, good morning to Chris Couch and Marissa Schwartz. And uh, Lori Sato, yeah, next year's estimated income doesn't go into right. a formula. It doesn't, right? But it's considered. But it's, it's considered, just like you're on the CSS profile, your your retirement savings are included on that form, even though they are not per se included in the formula. But they just want to know about it. And there's there's actually different formulas. So, so I, I I don't want to get in the weeds here, as we just ironically talked about losing the forest to the trees. <laughs> but, but we're gonna but, do it. But there's the federal methodology, which is actually published, and that's behind yes. the FAFSA. Yes. And then there's the institutional methodology, which is behind the CSS profile, and that's not published, and schools can kind of use those as guidelines, but they don't have to adhere to them. So that's what Lori's comment um, addresses. Uh, Sarah Kim, do scholarship and merit awards come from financial aid office or admissions? All scholarship slash merit comes from admissions, not from the financial aid office, because it's really based on non-financial criteria for the most part. That's a great question. Uh, Jeff Sherman, uh, just joined. If you already answered, fine. What are the deadlines for FAFSA and CSS for current college students? I have current freshman daughters. Jeff's got three. Yes. It depends. Not three daughters. Two and a boy. But um, fine. It, it depends on each school's priority financial aid deadline for their returning students. They're all different, but I- We're almost always later. They're usually, and I think with your daughters, Jeff, um, I think also. it's, I understand. 
I think it's one is them is April 1st and the second one is May 1st. Well, look, we you can look it up right on the site. Look up yeah. returning students priority financial aid deadline at on the school's website. But I'm pretty sure with your two, it's April 1st and May 1st. <laughs> okay, that's amazing that you would know that. Yeah. But um, just for everyone watching this, either live or on uh, distant replay, so there's financial aid priority deadlines all over the place for freshmen. Mm -hmm often dependent on whether you're applying early action, early decision, regular decision, you restricted do. early action, exactly. early decision two, yep. double top secret, yep. uh, no decision. <laughs> but um, the uh, uh, what you have to understand is that there isn't one universal deadline. And what, what Pearl was just alluding to is that for returning students, those deadlines are typically a lot later right. than for freshmen coming in. So you've got to just stay on top of all your deadlines. Yeah. And I was just going to say, oh. and they often won't address the returning students' financial aid application until they are kind of done with the incoming freshmen. It's like in practice, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like All me. right, Ginny, um, if you know you're not getting financial aid and you leave one of these forms missing, does it affect your acceptance? No. Uh, it, it shouldn't, um, but I, yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about it. No, what you risk is receiving incessant emails and then about that missing item. And um, eventually they will either have to resolve your financial aid package accordingly. You can't get blood from a stone if you don't do it, but it's not that they will not. I mean, of course, in that instance, it may result in an award fully of loans. But Which you don't have to accept. Right. You don't have to accept, but yeah. that's, uh, you know, they are asking or, for information based on the information you've put forward. All right. Follow up from Jenny. Does it affect scholarship money? Um, in most cases, no, right. but certain schools um, around here, mm -hmm. Fordham, NYU, mm -hmm. they require those forms. Um, it probably won't affect that if you've made the initial filing, which we happen to know that you did with us. Um, but I would just check with each school. But it shouldn't have, it should, there should not be any issue. Uh, you are welcome, Jeff. All right, good. Um, is there anything else we're leaving out that you yeah. felt necessary to? Well, I just yes, because I now that we have many financial aid forms that have been filed, we are currently moving into the post-filing financial aid forms phase. Ah, phase two. Phase two. Like Schools. the Falcon rocket, which blasted off and had several phases where it was you know, ditching various parts of that rocket. You're so aeronautically interested. I was interested. It's pretty cool. It, it was, is cool. They sent up four people at once, which has never happened. I love that you're a trekker, okay? Said it right, didn't I? I don't really watch Star Trek anymore. Whatever. Okay. I'm too busy with ancient aliens and <laughs> and, 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 and you my ufology studies, okay? Go ahead. We're getting sidetracked. I know. All right, well... Uh, schools will robotically, just responsively to your application, send you, pepper you with a million emails about, hey, hey, first name, sounds personal. <laughs> um, it's time to file your financial aid forms. And now if you have already, through me, with me, whatever, you might, right, or on your own, you might be like, wait, does that mean they didn't get it? Right. I thought I did file I that. did file. I what what I is this? Yeah. What? Yeah. What the Jeez, hell? Yeah. the heck. Right. So um, number no, one. And, and sorry, those could come anytime between now and March. Yep. Those those emails. The, we're missing your, your FAFSA. Right. And what you're, so after the cortisol spikes 
and your blood pressure goes up and you fail to read the entire five paragraph email, which says at the bottom, by the way, if you already filed, you can ignore this email. Exactly. Yeah. Then you'll panic. Okay. That's scenario one, but then it could actually come seeming much more personal. Like perhaps you now have login credentials to a school's website, which you've been instructed upon your application to periodically check to see if there are missing requirements, be it financial aid related or application related. So you responsibly go onto that site and it says under financial aid, missing. missing. <laughs> right. I knew it. Missing FAFSA, CSA, everything, the yeah. taxes, the W-2s. What I had an absolute discussion with her that she, <laughs> okay, let me just tell you right now, these portals, these emails, unfortunately, I'm sorry, I wish it were different. It isn't. They are not updated in real time. They are rarely accurate. And even though it's going to seem like, oh my God, this is going to affect my admission. It's going to affect my financial aid and whatever it corrects itself. If you know factually well, that you know? something's been done. Okay, so if you wanted to check to see which school received your FAFSA, for example, you would go into the FAFSA website well, with- Even before that though, don't you get an email receipt as soon as you file? When you file, or yeah. even if I'm filing on yeah. your behalf, you receive the confirmation email, yep. which is time and date stamps. It comes from the Department of Education and it lists every school that you file to on that day and at that time. Okay. And the second way is what you started to say, logging into your FAFSA. Right. Right. You can log into the FAFSA site. A few days later. A few days later, a month later, a few weeks later, whatever. With the student's FSA ID, username, and password. And then when you get into the site, it gives you an option. It says, view my correction history. Yes, I am actually visually seeing it here. View my correction history. You click on that and I it will it. show each filing that has been done and the date and the time. And you can click on a PDF of any such filing to see what schools were filed on such and such a day. So wait a minute. That sorry. in and of itself would be proof that you can then go back to the school that's saying that they are missing your FAFSA and say, hello, financial aid officer. I think you might be mistaken because I have a confirmation <laughs> email here that says that on 10-13, my uh, FAFSA was filed to University of Southern California, for example. So so, so that's in the then, correction history. It's not, it's not, it doesn't say anything. Like that's misleading. If you were to only hit, there is another option when you log in and it says view my SAR, which stands for student aid report. SAR, not SARS. If you were to click on that, you might be very alarmed because the only thing you're going to see there is your most recent filing. Ah. So for those of you who don't know, I, I do try to drill this in everyone's head. The FAFSA only permits you to file to 10 schools at a time. So if you have 12 schools all together on your list, the way it works is like this. The first 10 schools are submitted. You submit it. The Department of Education says, congratulations, you have filed your FAFSA. And it tells you the 10 schools and whatever. Then you have to wait a few days um, until the first batch of schools completes processing to go back in to the already filed FAFSA and update it to remove the 10 schools that you've already filed and add now, I said 12, so two more schools that the FAFSA should go to. Update or correct. So when you submit those two schools and that FAFSA, that confirmation email, also by the Department of Education, is going to say a correction has been made to your FAFSA. 
No more congratulations. Congratulations are out <laughs> you, the window. You fixed something that was broken. No, now we're going to get a little finger wagon. There has been a correction made to your FAFSA. So immediately I want you to experience panic and alarm. Okay? Because that means if there was a correction made, there was a mistake on that first one that was done. What the heck is going on? Wow. So unfortunately, in its irony, the Department of Education responsible for educating us uses a misnomer in its subsequent emails, confirmations in saying a correction has been made to your FAFSA because a correction implies that there was a mistake in the first place and why it doesn't say an update has been made to your FAFSA because then it would be clear, would not send panic and alarm throughout the uh, email reader, but whatever. I guess they ain't that bright. And that's the takeaway, actually. <laughs> Things don't really happen in this process as you would hope. The island of should be this way does not exist in this process. Yes, it should not be that if you submitted your FAFSA that a school is telling you that absolutely has it, that they don't. I agree with you. And it should be the case that if you submit your taxes and you submit something that immediately it goes to a portal and, and something happens in cyberspace that shows, oh, yep, this kid has it. So we can remove that horrible exclamation point or that X next to something you are, are alleged to have not turned in yet. Whatever, you get my point. So don't freak. Is it me or does, does she seem angry? You seem very worked up about this. I am, about but, a lot of things. I'll book you a massage for, <laughs> for next week. So you're just gonna have to calm down. I've got issues. Yeah. Um, but it's all true. This is all great, great information. So if you have any questions or comments before we wrap up, uh, we have uh, literally a minute left. Uh, Michelle Greenleaf, off topic. What do you, th what's your thought about government relief mm, of student debt? I yeah. have two kids graduated last May. One got a PhD. This has is, loans we, I to can't pay. believe we didn't touch on this because this is in the news right now. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to happen, but it's going to be very hard to pass. I think. Who's going to pay for it? We are the taxpayers. Oh, but you already paid your student loans, honey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's never never ending. So we don't know yet, but it's too early to tell, but that's my sinking feeling. So that's right. Um, Someone's going to be relieved. Jennifer Anderson, okay. uh, <laughs> what's required from a student who has a scholarship to cover tuition costs, but may need a loan for dorm food, blah, 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 FAFSA, CSS. It's whatever the college requires, definitely the FAFSA. Right. So anyone who... Um, irrespective of what a financial aid package ultimately looks like, whether it's comprised of in part um, scholarship, merit money, need-based aid award, and then whatever the shortfall is, whatever is owed at the end of all that can be satisfied um, by a loan. And that's across the board. The question is, you know, do you, as the stu student gets a certain amount in his or her name, and then the parent has the opportunity to borrow the rest of the entire cost of attendance or a lesser stated amount right. or nothing. But in order to get your hands on the federal money, definitely a FAFSA. Is the prerequisite. Yeah, and the college may also require a different form. Yeah. Good question. Uh, <laughs> Lori said, in summary, don't freak. You get an A. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. Rothstein. If the letters of recommendation or transcript are not reported, received on the college's portal, mm. but you know the guidance counselor sent all the info in, how long should you wait to follow up? If the college indicated it'll follow up with you with stuff Good is missing, question. how do you avoid something falling between the, th the cracks? Mm. Thanks. Um, 
I think the short answer is I would give it a solid week, maybe even two weeks. We had holidays. Right. Don't don't worry about it. It it, it went there and it's not gonna negatively affect chances of admission. If you took care of right. everything you needed to, to take care of, but guidance didn't get everything in on time, um, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Anderson you're, uh, says, thank you, you are welcome. Cheryl Wiener, can I yes. use a 529 to pay a student loan? The answer is yes. Yes, now you can. I believe it has to be in the same calendar year, but don't quote me on that. Check with your accountants. But I believe that if you borrowed money this year, you can pay it back this calendar year well, with the 529. I'm not positive. Isn't that though. just to get a certain tax benefit? But it doesn't mean well, that you're precluded from You can use the 529 for, for anything if you're willing to take a penalty. So No, I understand. But aren't, yeah. is it, okay. Short answer is yes. Terms and conditions may apply. <laughs> no, I think definitely check with your 529, but that is something that's relatively new. And I know right. that is a permissible use mm -hmm. of qualified higher education expenses. Yeah. Um, I keep meaning to do this. I need to get our CPA, Rick, back on um, one of these. Maybe we'll look at him for next mm -hmm. week because he had a few other sort of last minute tax things revolving around loans that, to talk about. Um, Sarah Kim, what do you think about sending the 12th grade transcript midway? If it is good and strong, do it. A lot of high schools do that automatically. Exactly. And some colleges will request them midway yeah. when they're on the cusp of figuring out an early decision candidate. Especially this year yep. because there's very, um, you know, there's, there's a relatively uh, significant drop in people submitting test scores. So at the super competitive schools, about 50% of kids submitted test scores, ACT or SAT, um, which if they don't submit, that means everything else naturally on the application becomes more important. Mm -hmm. So if you have strong grades, uh, definitely send them. That can only help. Um, Sarah Kim, or even sooner, like now with first quarter grades, yes, I would mm -hmm. see uh, that those are being sent automatically too. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Cheryl Wiener, the loan was taken before the rule change. The five, I guess the loan, uh, 529 issue. Yeah, definitely check with your CPA. I think you're okay. Yeah. Um, Lori Badia, hi, Indian Pearl, just joined. I'll have to watch the recorded version. You are welcome to do that. Watch it again and again like <laughs> cats. Nobody watches cats again and again. That was the commercial. The, I know. See it again and again. Yeah. I mean, nobody does. Are you kidding me? Nobody should. Well, there we go. The Islanders should. <laughs> that's an issue. So I'm a, I'm sorry if we offended any Angela Weber fans out there, <laughs> or anybody else. But you know what? We're really not sorry. We're just trying to just trying to tell it like it is, or at least the way we see it. So uh, we're going to wrap up here. Thanks again for joining us this week for College Talk Tuesday. I'm also going to be posting this on our YouTube site and in our podcast, the College Planning Edge. So if you're part of podcast culture. Um, find us there on Apple Podcasts, and we post every few weeks. Um, but like it, share it, all this stuff. Please spread it around. Uh, thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the College Planning Edge podcast. For more information about our Inner Circle Group Coaching Membership, which is a great way to dip your toes in the water of the whole college planning morass, um, and get access to our double secret software, College Guru software that helps you create a strategic list of colleges and identify fat, juicy, merit aid and need-based aid opportunities. 
as well as some other benefits, check out the Lockwood Inner Circle at lockwoodinnercircle.com and use the coupon code PODCAST for 50% off the first month's membership. Thanks for listening.